0: From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now our hosts.
1: Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. My name is Manish Kata, and as per use, I have Jeff Goodnow with me. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Peachy Keen, brother. Peachy Keen. Today we're going to talk about something that most compliance officers would tell you not to talk about. Um, (laughs) But we're not, we're not most people. And we feel like you're better off making these decisions or these announcements with some transparency uh, versus hiding things in the disclosure, which uh, a lot of uh, asset managers tend to do. So what that means is we're talking about a touchy subject called benchmarks. uh, And the title of this podcast is blowing up the benchmarks, because we're kind of taking that approach, we finally feel free, happy, excited about taking a bazooka to what we think is a stupid process in our industry and doing what we think makes the most sense. So first and foremost, Jeffrey, what what is a benchmark?
0: Yeah, so I think it's always good to go back to the basics, right? If we look at uh, uh, Investopedia, I'm actually gonna read this very short and simple definition. A benchmark is a standard or measure that can be used to analyze the allocation risk and return of a given portfolio i was shocked like that's so simple i love it simple
1: and so now the
0: reality go ahead, sorry no, go ahead go ahead uh so the reality is right we we have something that is very simple by definition what do most people do they look at the s&p 500 when they get home at night and turn on the tv at news right or they have that that conversation they just want to know what the market did well that really means what did the s&p do what have we done as an industry? Totally. the whole process. Let's put five, six benchmarks for, uh, together in some combination to match our you know our portfolio. That's kind of become the industry standard. It's a cluster. Nobody knows what they're really putting together. And so. to that point, let's
1: talk about Potomac in our history yeah, absolutely and, and how how this how this has evolved. So yeah.
0: I know you've got a story, so let's fire away. For,
1: For years and years, we have used the S&P 500 for our benchmark. That has been the industry standard, and everything is measured against that. For instance, something like beta is measured against it. And so we've always felt, look, let's just use a a market proxy, which the S&P 500 is probably the best out there uh, for for a broad market. Um, I can make the argument there's better, but there's history on the S&P, so a lot of people use it here's what happened years ago a lot of advisors would complain clients as well they'd say look you know you're a risk manager you're a tactical manager how can an income program be measured to the S&P 500 how can um, you know a balanced equity program be measured to the S&P 500 and as a tactical manager we always felt look you know we can go in and out we can be hundred percent invested or zero percent invested what do we do and we always always just measure to the S&P 500 And that caused a lot of issues. And so, you know, we decided to make some changes years ago and and create custom benchmarks. So you dig some digging around, and and this, this kind of opens pandora's box and not a good way when you start customizing (laughs) benchmarks um and and we learned a lesson on that but first and foremost i want to i want to ask you you know when you as the ocio here you you see a lot of managers and and therefore you see a lot of benchmarks right um, because there's no standardization what popped out at you um uh, when you do your job
0: yeah so so a couple of things um one is it's one thing to review, let's say, an individual manager. Same thing could be said about reviewing an individual mutual fund or an individual product of any kind. Okay, that particular thing has a benchmark. That company has decided maybe it's one indice, two indices, five indices put together to make their benchmark. Okay, we could say maybe that's reasonable. In my role and in, in our function as OCIO and, and, and a multi-strategist, TAMP, The idea is to put multiple uh, models together, right, so that you end up with a better combination, uh, essentially an optimized combination for the client's uh, overall experience. However, let's say you put three models together. Whatever the ratio doesn't really matter. From a reporting standpoint and a diligence standpoint, all of a sudden you end up having, if each one of those has three or four or five different Benchmarks to match up with their product. You put the three products together. Suddenly, you have three things you've talked to the client about, and I don't even have enough fingers and toes to count how many benchmarks suddenly appear on a report. Uh, it's it's beyond ridiculous when you realize or, or take that perspective to it. So I'm going to point out another little flaw here in this process, and that is, you know, we look. You and I, you talked about our benchmarks. We've had uh, issues in the past trying to figure out, like, hey, our products, some of them are, you know, two decades old, three decades old, right? There weren't a lot of indices back then, so you have to put pick things that were, you know, around back then. Uh, I'm going to give you an example of a particular product. I won't throw them under the bus. I'm not going to name them by name. But here is one example of a benchmark combination for a particular uh, SMA product, right, a, an advisory solution. Essentially it's for for this particular model it was forty-six percent MSCI All Country World Index, 46% Barclays US Ag Bond. Okay, that's not too bad. 6% HFRX Global Hedge Fund Fund Index and 2% Barclays US 1 to 3 Month Treasury. Now, you know, two or three of those you probably know. But just to give you an idea, I think this is funny and it's it's worth the 30 second read. Because here's, here's what the HF anybody know what the HFRX Global Hedge Fund Index is? It's actually... I mean, I do, but... but. Yeah, well, so just think about this in perspective, what we're trying to teach clients and use as benchmarks. Now, this is designed uh, to be representative of the overall composition of the hedge fund universe. It is compromised of all eligible hedge fund strategies, including but not limited to convertible arbitrage, distressed securities... Hedge fund, or equity hedge, equity market neutral, event driven, macro merger arbitrage, relative value arbitrage with the strategies are asset weighted based on the distribution of assets in the hedge fund industry. I need oxygen after that. I mean, okay, so it's only 6%, but I guess the point is, you know, you end up with all these esoteric things thrown into this pile of crap, and you know, when I, when I was uh when I was uh, abbreviating benchmarks, right? I used BM, and I thought, you know, that's that's really appropriate because it's it's basically full. They, these are full of shit as a bowel movement. So, you know, I mean, in the scheme of things, we need to keep it simple. That's what Potomac is well, trying to do. So, yeah.
1: I think, hold on. So, here's here's a dilemma that that sometimes is out of your control, and and that comes down to the software people use. For example when you run proposals or when you run fact sheets or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you know, certain software solutions only have access to certain benchmarks because it's very expensive to get it. And then your portfolio management system might have access to a different set of benchmarks. And a lot of times you're going back and trying to match and mix and match. And, and, and I, I I, I don't think we're blaming managers per se. It's, no. It's, we understand it's a challenge. You're trying, especially if you're not bland, passive. You're trying to figure out how in the world can we create a benchmark. And frankly, I'm not really even sure that, that we've answered that question with our new release coming up. <laughs> but uh, you know, but here's what we did. So I, I want to, before we go there, I, I want to once again but, but tell the story. Let, go ahead.
0: Let me add. Hold on, Manish. I want to say. We may not, maybe you don't agree with what our solution will be, but at least it's simple fair enough but look i mean look
1: so you just that's threw, my statement you you just threw managers under the buns for creating custom <laughs> benchmarks and for full disclosure we did the same thing absolutely. Um, a, absolutely a couple of years ago you know when when we were pushed about you know why are you benchmarking tactical to the s&p 500 we said okay so we went back and we had a process in place we said let's go look at the percentage of time we spend in cash Let's go look at the percentage of time we buy international versus domestic, you know, bonds, international versus domestic. And let's come up with benchmarks for our strategies that are more reflective of the tactical nature. When we were done, we were happy. And as we kept growing and looking at it, we were just like, eh, this is like, there's no... It's not a strong process where you can bring any manager into the mix or create new strategies and apply something to it. It wasn't really, there was still too much subjectivity. And although we we aren't totally disappointed with it, um, we also weren't totally happy with it. And with that being said, we decided to let's rip the bandaid off. And what we mean by that is because we are adding more and more managers, and you, you hit the nail on the head earlier, you know, three managers times four benchmarks each. How do you explain that? Let's create a simple process that anyone can understand. And no matter the style of management you offer, you will fit a bucket. Yep. What do you have to say? What do we do?
0: Yeah, well, at first we needed to make sure that there was no subjectivity, right? We wanted a process that in in creating the benchmark itself for each of five categories that there was a process in place, and and for us that first determining factor was to use max drawdown. Now, yes, we are a risk manager. I look full disclosure, right? Clearly, we we we, we understand max drawdown, and we've talked about that before, um, but we've we felt like. That is at least a statistic that doesn't change. You can't hide from it. It's a known entity if you have the right software to be able to see what this is for for all these different strategists and models and and securities and so forth. And so if we can make something that is consistent with these five categories, then it doesn't matter whether you first are looking at a single solution or you combine multiple things together to get a, a combination. The end result is... You look at what the, the max drawdown is, that tells you what bucket it's in and the bucket has the benchmark. It's a very simple and, comparison. And
1: so the, the cool thing with max drawdown and, and you know we, we love it and we've been vocal about max drawdown is the fact that we've always told people if an investment has incurred a max drawdown in the past,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can bet your ass that it's going to incur it at some time in the future and yeah, right? so you know things like standard deviation can be um, skewed by upside or downside volatility. there's a, there's every risk statistic out there uh, has flaws. We think that max drawdown uh, does not have any flaws. Um, and it's the most purest form of of, a, of uh, identifying risk in a portfolio. And so that's what we wanted to back into and say, look, let's let's benchmark strategies based on, the risk that they've incurred in the past um, a- as a proxy. Now you said there's no subjectivity, and and there isn't. Um, you know we may face some struggles with a new strategy that comes on board, but typically we don't approve strategies that don't have a track record, so that right. won't be a problem for us. And this is the reason why other TAMPs can't do this because they don't have track records that go back far enough. If they have their own in-house manager and they approve strategies that have a one-year track record, and <laughs> and and this and this kind of stuff won't work for that, right? So the bullshit meter gets higher and higher um, when when you start creating you know these esoteric benchmarks. So um, so let's just be clear here. There's going to be Five buckets, and yep. within those five buckets, uh, it will be a combination of two indexes: either the S&P 500 or the Barclays AG, and a percentage of each of those will be allocated based on max drawdown. So you know, on the let's, let's, let's back into that on the high end, you're looking at probably 100% of the S&P 500. And on the low end, you're looking at probably 10 to 20%. Right. And then and then in between, we've broken out and we'll, we'll have more information on it. But the point is, everything, whether it's income, or alternatives, or buy and hold or tactile, it doesn't matter, it will be matched to a risk benchmark based on max drawdown and based on two indices that everyone knows about, and the data is readily available.
0: Yeah, I think it's good too to understand the 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 buckets right uh, and uh, perhaps we can create a graphic to, to throw up here uh, when we're we're uh, before we release the video but you know essentially it's five simple buckets and when we're looking at the maximum drawdown it's you know it's it's essentially 1 to ten 11 to 20 21 to 30 31 to 40 and then 40 to 50 plus right so so again whether you're looking at one particular strategy or 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 security or you're looking at some really cool combination that you love there's statistically a max drawdown for that that's easily you know if you have the right software it's easy to calculate and boom it drops into the bucket you compare it to that that index uh that index combination so we just think it's a super simple way to be consistent And guess what? Harkening back to what you said in the beginning, you know, even we did for 20 plus years, use just the S&P for everything. So the S&P is a big marker here. And the S&P and the U.S. ag are really kind of the two predominant players when you look at uh, across the board, what what people know, uh, regular clients know, and also what, you know, everybody sees and understands. So let's just use that going back to simple
1: and 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 we yeah and we went through an exercise of trying to figure this out and and Mm -hmm. and you know as as you're working on different managers and adding to the mix it just it became confusing and you know one of our favorite quotes um and i'm going to paraphrase a little bit here is uh, perfection is achieved when there's nothing else to take away uh not adding more shit and so we've always said if we can keep it simple uh the story is simple the benchmarks are simple and you can explain it to a client there's comfort level all around. And right. we just saw too many proposals where we would look down and it would say benchmark and we'd go down to the bottom and we'd think to ourselves, what the actual is this? There's like seven different benchmarks, percentages all over the place, 46, four, two and a half. No, nothing made sense. And so that was our goal when you and I sat down and said, we have to simplify this, not just for our sanity, but so clients understand what they're getting into. And, and I, I think we achieved that there's going to be blowback. You can't make everyone happy. We stopped giving a shit about making everyone happy (laughs) a long time ago, Uh, but, and and we'll, we'll take it, you know, if if there's, if there's blowback, we'll take it and, and, and we'll explain it over and over and we'll send this video to them because frankly, we did it for transparency, for simplicity and for explainability. And that's, that, that's it. So with, let's wrap this up. I think this, this goes, uh, this explains it all well. What's, um. What's your recommendations this week
0: yeah so my recommendation is going to be kind of a throwback look a lot of people may have seen this in the past I know this 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 goes to Maryland but uh, there's a there's an old HBO series that's still available on HBO max called uh, the wire it's one of the first. Uh, hey hold on on. uh,
1: now i'm gonna interrupt you because full disclosure you know jeff Jeff and i work on like a notebook before the podcast so we prepare (laughs) and so i saw this recommendation and i'm like dude this is like recommending people drink water everyone and their mother has seen the wire like this is not something new not Um, i and uh but uh (laughs) but apparently jeff hasn't so yeah recommend away bubba
0: Yeah, well, I do what I can, right? I mean, it's, you know, you can pay for it on Prime, but if you got HBO Max, you should be able to just do a search and find it, and it's like five or six seasons, so, you know, look, one of the things I find kind of cool about doing throwback recommendations is it's fun to watch. I think this came out, like, the first season was like 2002 or something. I don't know, you might have been six years old, Um, and, and, uh, you know, when it's that old, what you end up seeing is a whole bunch of actors and actresses that maybe didn't... They weren't necessarily prominent then, but they've gone on to do other things. Like one of the characters is the boss for the Jack Ryan movies with John Krasinski, right? I mean, it's like, oh, okay, wait a second. Here he is, you know, clear back then doing this other thing. Um, So I just, I enjoy that sort of thing. Um, Watching some of the old movies, old series and and so forth. So I thought I'd throw it out there, something different. What do you got?
1: It's awesome. Yeah, The Wire is highly recommended. So absolutely, if you haven't seen it, check it out um uh, yeah oh a, it's well, a by the way, show
0: we should probably add just for clarity right it's basically a crime drama so it's all about the drugs the narcotics the you know the wire right you think about you know that sort of thing uh, so at least now you know what it is as you go to the recommendation so fire away man
1: cool uh we started using something called hello fresh uh recently just for a couple boxes a week and essentially it's a meal delivery kit not, where not hello kitty that no hello fresh wow your jokes are so bad dude somebody needs to beep you out all right so hello fresh <laughs> jesus christ is a is, it's a meal delivery system where you get a couple meals a week and it comes boxed up most people know this by now probably um and all the ingredients are pre bagged so you don't waste anything and you know i love cooking and so to me this is kind of a cop-out but at the same time um, I can feel for my wife who's taking care of four kids while I'm at work and having to put meals together. It's, it's pretty simple to be able to, to have the recipe in front of you, have everything pre-portioned, have the seasons pre-portioned and throw it together. So HelloFresh, there's a ton of free codes out there if you want to try it for a week. I think it's, uh, it's worthwhile for people who are busy professionals or have too many damn kids.
0: Yeah, Manish, I'm actually um, going to back you up on that, because although we can't order that now, we, when we were in our apartment getting ready to, to RV, uh, we had one of our neighbors was going to be going on vacation. They totally forgot, and their shipment for HelloFresh was already on its way. And so they basically just said, hey, guys, do me a favor. Watch out on Tuesday. There's going to be a box delivered. Take it and eat the stuff. And uh, there were several meals in there, and they were all really good. So I was I was impressed. Um so yeah, I think it's, it's a good, good recommendation. Stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, good recommendation.
1: All right, that's all we got. Blowing up the bunch marks. Hopefully there's a lot of uh, volcano and grenade uh, uh, images that Martina can throw up here.
0: Yeah, but, like, uh, yeah, like uh, the new sub, uh, click to subscribe and ring the little ringy bell dingy thingy. By the way, that was actually something I gave a shout out. I want to add this. I gave a shout out to my, my friend Mike from the Dry Campers because uh, he always uh, says the ringy bell dingy thingy. And I realized I did that on a podcast, and I did it backwards, and I did the dingy bell ringy thingy. So it's almost like who's on first doesn't matter. But I still love the phrase. Uh, I, I have zero.
1: Cl- I have zero clue what you're talking about. So on that <laughs> yeah. note, have a good have a good week day. Wherever you see this, folks, YouTube, smash the like button, subscribe, leave Boom. comments, show us some love. Have a good uh, rest of your day. Thanks.
0: Thanks. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.